used to wearing these headphones. I need one of those ear things. I gave you a pair, and you, you never, you never. I can't because use them they've anymore. got a brand name on. You never them. use them They've anymore. got a brand Put name tape on over them. the brand name. That's just dumb. I, that, that, they so, got a brand. So name. So you'd rather wear do. what you wear? No. <laughs> so, get you a little tape. Yeah. These are just kind of, I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of weird. It's Blair and Barker. They're loose, by the way. Yeah, they are kind of loose. They are. They are kind of loose, and they get kind of sweaty. Get what I got. Can't even see them. Get off your wallet there, big fella. No, it's not One that. I got, listen, I've got, I'm sure I've got 14 sets of those lying around the house someplace. I've got all sorts of stuff lying. I just don't, you know, I mean, I just don't. I mean, anyhow. You'd rather complain about the ones you have to wear now because you didn't bring I'd rather complain. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, Lou Merloni's going to join us later on in the show to take a look at the Red Sox. We're rampaging, didn't, rampaging, didn't rampaging. You laughed, at, you laughed at me at the beginning of the season when I said, hey, just. I did. Because of that lineup, just wait, wait, wait. I did. Wait your I, turn, and now, now think, all of a sudden, I didn't what? think I didn't think they'd have a chance without getting Chris Sale back. I mean, it's June twenty sixth. Who the hell knows when he's coming back in there in second place? Um, in the in the American League, you, you the, can you can bop your way to a good record. You yeah. can if your if your lineup is balanced and you got a superstar in it. That's well, that sort, of what, that's is, sort of sort of what the Blue Jays were trying to do, and guess how that went? Yeah, that lineup is going. That lineup is something else. It is. It'll be good games this week. Looking forward to seeing so. the Red Sox in town. Um, you know, it's getting hot. Summer weather's heating up. Maybe we'll get some nastiness like we saw in that Seattle. You think, you think so? That Seattle LA LA thing was amazing. Yeah, I hope we don't talk about tipping pitches and mechanics and dude. Throw your slider for strikes. Eliminate people with a split finger. Move the fastball all, all around. Right, all right, How hard right. is it? Uh, we're giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here on Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on the podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 590-590. Last time we asked you, which Rays player stole 60 bases in a single season? The answer was Carl Crawford. I got that within half a second because I am, a, of course, the I am the Rays fan. Mm-hmm. Today, we're giving away tickets to see the Jays and the Rays down at the Rogers Center on Canada Day, which sounds like a pretty good way to spend Canada Day, if you're mm-hmm. asking me. I got this question even faster than I got the Carl Crawford question. Mm-hmm. Who is the only Tampa Bay Ray to hit more than 40 home runs in a single season? Again, who is the only Tampa Bay Ray to hit more than 40 home runs in a single season? You can text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. So it's an easy answer because they don't do that, do that a ton. It's a guy you have – people will have to think about it a little bit now they, because there are some guys early in their, early in their days who He's got some all or bop. nothing in his swing. I'll give you a hint. He's got a lot of all or nothing in his swing. You want to tell him if he's left-handed or right-handed? No. Huh. No, because that will give it away because one, uh, one, the, the, uh, one of the options – actually – my second option after this guy hits from the other side, so I don't want to, I don't want to give it away. Mm. But uh, there you go. The uh, only raised player to hit more than forty home runs in a single season. Five ninety, five ninety. You'll get a chance to go <clears throat> to see the Rays and the Jays on Canada Day at the Rogers Center. Let's bring in Joe Siddle uh, of Blue Jay Central and our Blue Jays telecast. Hello, Mr. Siddle. Good morning, gentlemen. Let's have an argument. Okay. <laughs> Parker and I have been going back and forth uh, on this. Uh, I know what to do with you, say Kikuchi. I stick him in the bullpen. 
Mm. I tell him you're throwing two pitches, and we'll when we need you, we'll give you a call. Mm. In, in the meantime, enjoy enjoy life down behind the uh, mm. left field fence. Am I right? Am I right, Joe? Is that what you would do? Would you would you channel your inner inner manager and do that? Yeah, I said it after the game the other day. I thought that's where he has to go and maybe have the Trent Thornton role and pick a couple innings here and there where he can work it out. The other option is, does he go down to Florida and figure things out? And, it, and whether that's an IL stint of however they do that, but he's just clearly got things to figure out the way he was scattering stuff all over the place. I still think it's his mental approach to the game too. And his pitches, but the way he was scattering the fastball, I just really had no idea where things were going. So I think, uh, you know, a, a bullpen, a bullpen appearance here and there. Sure. But he's going to need regular work is the other thing. So mm-hmm. you're going to bring him in regular work when you're still trying to win every game. That's the tough part. And, you know, I didn't say it the other day, but I have to remember myself, he made drastic changes. And maybe he, one of these days, just say, you know what, fellas, I'm going back to being me and maybe goes back to the drawing board. This will be interesting to see how it shakes out. But I do, I do think that somebody else has to make that start Thursday. You can't keep doing that until he can go iron things out. And that's why I think it's a totally different story with Barrios. I think with his track record, I don't want to say I'm not concerned about Barrios. Of course we are, because this is not who he is. But I think the, the fix is probably a little bit more expected from Barrios than it is Kikuchi. Do the, do the Blue Jays need a veteran catcher? <laughs> I believe I was on your show all winter talking about this, guys. I mean, so listen, I'm not going to pin this on the catchers. Uh, Barrios is a veteran out there. He's got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But with a guy like Kikuchi... I'm thinking that the pitch selection thing is just, it's just baffling to me what he did. Uh, I think it was the Adamas that bad. I told you guys just yes. a, a yes. ton of breaking balls. The second batter of the game. I yep. mean, if anything ever, when I call a game behind the dish, you're trying to get out there and establish the fastball. Now, again, I, I don't want to come across as saying throw all fastballs, but if you don't throw the fastball, how in the world are you ever going to get comfortable with it or get that feel off your fingertips? And then if you're scuffling with the fastball, now I'll probably go to the slider to help you get out front a little bit, get that good extension and try to find it. Now, I'm not saying that fixes everything, but I just need to see some sort of effort back there, somebody taking charge and being in control of that pitcher. Now, it's awfully tough when you're a young kid and you've got a veteran pitcher on the mound, and those are two veterans, really, in Kikuchi and Burrios. But I didn't really see anything yesterday with Barrios on the mound. And, and Kevin, you're right. As a veteran, you got to be able to figure things out. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure I saw one time where Kirk looked out at him. And, you know, as a catcher, you sometimes you see that animation where the glove, you've got the catcher's mitt, you punch it right out and say, yeah, right there, or get it out there. Mm-hmm. Or as I suggested on our show yesterday, as a catcher, you can subtly move back there. You can subtly move over glove side, maybe mm-hmm. away to the righty a little mm-hmm. bit more. The pitcher won't even know you're doing it, but it gives him another sight line. All those different things. But, I mean, you know, get that arm out, reach out front, those, those signals you see catchers give to pitchers. I'm just not seeing that. But, I mean, again, you've got a young kid behind the plate with a veteran like Barrios. Maybe it's not in his DNA and that's not who he is. But, I don't know, I, I think I mentioned to somebody on Twitter the other day, as you look at the postseason last year, I just rattled off a bunch of names of catchers, and they're all guys that have been around a little bit. I mean, this kid's barely caught in the minor leagues, sure. right, if you think about it. I mean, what, what's, between Moreno and Kirk, what did they catch, like 150, 200 games in the minor leagues? Mm-hmm as opposed to probably four or 500 that really helps you learn how to call a game. And I, I'm, I'm pretty far removed from the game now, Kev, like you. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do in the minor leagues. I don't know what they do in terms of teaching calling games. But mm-hmm. the stuff I'm seeing the last couple of days, of course it's on the pitchers. 
But at the same time, if you got a quarterback back there, maybe you can help a guy through four innings, or you know, and not not get the game blown up. Joe, Joe, explain this to to people that are listening to this. If you're a veteran catcher and you see a guy like you say Kikuchi, for me, the velocity just not there. I I, I got to be honest with you. I thought he threw harder. Like whenever I watched him against the Blue Jays uh, last year, he threw. He was throwing a bazillion miles an hour. He doesn't throw a bazillion. And if you're a catcher behind the plate, you you mentioned the the throwing all the sliders, and everybody's looking at scoreboards and looking at how hard they're throwing. And if I'm you saying I throw my hardest good you know mechanically sound heater and it's 92 93 well probably ain't going to throw that to a decent fastball hitter if you're a veteran catcher behind the plate and you see a pitcher doing that what do you do well that's why i say you got to go to plan b and of course that's when you would have to go to the other pitches so let's say we started the game and you're doing that and it's like jesus not there and he's scattering a bit well then yeah you got to go to the slider and all but my issue is you're going to all this off-speed stuff right out of the chute so you never really give them a chance now, I think we all can agree that mechanically he's got issues going on when you're scattering the fastball like he was. But there are days, and that may have been one of them, in defense of, was it Moreno back there that day, um, that you can't fix everything. Of course you can. And that's why it is on the pitcher. And, and, but you always, you always have a game plan going in. You always have to have plan B, which is based on what's happening. And I just don't know what the plan was going in mm-hmm. against the Brewers for Kikuchi because – clearly it wasn't to establish fastball when, and you're right about the velocity. I mean, it's down a tick and Mm -hmm. there've been times this year, we've seen some 97s earlier in the year, but yeah, it's not always there, but more importantly, it's just, uh, you know, mechanically where it's going. Uh, Look guys, I'm not saying it's easy back there when a pitcher's not on, but a little help, a little guidance, a little taking charge. And Mm -hmm. I I think I joked with Ricky Romero on our set last week. I said, Ricky, if that was you, I'd walk up to the mound and grab you by the scruff of the collar and say, don't shake me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm calling the game here. But you, you know what I mean by that. Sure. I, I'm being a little facetious, but yeah, just a little bit more control. But it, the issue clearly is two pitchers that are struggling for sure. Joe, Joe, if you have a guy that struggles that much in the first inning, have you? first of all, have you been around anybody that you remember had issues in the first inning? And if you did, how did they get past that? What was the adjustment? What was the routine before they actually came in the game? That's a funny thing. Um, yeah, we, I remember with the Expos, uh, Joe Kerrigan, you'll remember Jeff was a yeah. pitching coach. He'd have guys throw more down in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he, got a, he got a mimicking. He would do an, like a, a 25 first inning. First inning. Yeah. He'd have somebody like, standing in. I kid you not. You remember that well yeah. because I remember being back there sometimes in the bullpen. They'd be like, okay, here's your first hitter, Lenny Dykstra. And, okay, ball one, strike one, do the count. Okay, so next hitter, this guy, and then you kind of, okay, sit down. Okay, now warm up and let's go play the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, you know, I, I'm i not sure that's the thing with Kikuchi, but I know it's uh, the numbers show that and all, but it just seems like mechanically there's a lot going on and a lot wrong, but also, I, again, the, the approach, the mental approach. I've never seen a pitcher, I shouldn't say never, but I, to see a pitcher pitch away from his fastball as much as he does, I, and I'm not saying because he's got a good fastball and it's 98, no, just to pitch away from your fastball. You have to establish a fastball. You have to have a fastball to make your secondary pitches work. If you're just if the fastball's all over the place and your slider's in the zone, what do you think they're going to do? It'd be all over. So it just become you become too predictable and too one dimensional. You know, part of me wonders if, if um, and again, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think you can lay it all at the, the feet of the catcher. You know, I was thinking about this the other day with pitch com. You know, you don't have it, it's 
you're you're cutting down on kind of you're, you're cutting down on a lot of that stuff because all you're you're basically as a catcher you're pushing a button right and the pitcher's mm-hmm. hearing what you what you're what you're calling and, and away you go and I wonder if maybe it's almost impersonal to the point where it's impacting a guy uh, like a Moreno or a Kirk you know it, it, it's kind of there's this thing now we don't want to it's almost like don't talk to the pitcher let's keep everything secret mm-hmm. you know what I mean let's just push a yeah. button maybe you need to add a button that says, throw your fastball, idiot, you know, or something like that. <laughs> or, well, or, or wake the hell up. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting point you bring up because the tech does that, right? It takes you know, takes that human element out of it. But uh, I never thought of that, but it's an interesting point because you do, like, you know, we see the tablets and the dugouts and it's become such a tech game now, and I totally get it. It's 2022, but I just, I'm not sure. Did Kirk make a visit out to Brios yesterday? I don't Did know. Did go out there at any point? I, you know, I we don't, don't always so. get all the... TV camera angles, but are you kidding me? Through an inning like that, yeah. you throw 20 fastballs in the first inning and there's no visit to say like that. I just, guys, I'm watching this going, wow. Yeah, I just, and then he came out in the second inning and threw some more fastballs. You know, it's just, it was, it was just baffling. And then he, this, it was almost like clockwork. The second time through the order, it's like, okay, here come the curveballs now. Wow. <laughs> it's almost yeah. eight to three. Uh, yes. What do you think if, then, and I'm, I'm with you about Kikuchi going to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's assume that Ross doesn't go out and make a trade in the next 48 hours or something like that. How does Charlie play it with Kikuchi in the bullpen? Do you do you give a start to Max Castillo and just kind of keep keep everybody you know, ready to come in if he if he can't make it out of four innings? Um, yeah, you know, look, I'll say this: the guy competes, man. Uh, the the yeah. guy competes. Yeah, well, especially after his debut, you know, it's like, okay, here's another guy from AAA. It's great stuff, comes up, gives it up. But, yeah, he really settled in, didn't he? And I thought maybe it spoke volumes, too, that he went four innings and yep. went, what do you go, 69, 70 pitches? Right? Seven strikeouts. And, well, as he's doing that, I'm thinking, and I know Brewers aren't the top hitting team in the world, but I said, as he's going to 70 pitches, I'm like, okay, uh, this is lining up for next Thursday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what if you start him, throw him out there, and then you still have your Thornton engage, and if, if he doesn't go deep, you've got those guys. Because, again, the important thing is you got Manoa the day before. And I think that's a critical point because you assume Alex is going to go six or seven and you won't need those types of relievers. Hopefully you need your, your high-leverage guys back in to win a ball game, and then you've got those guys available after Castillo that day. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see which way they go, but I certainly think they should have the arms to do that. And if Kikuchi's down in that bullpen and that day doesn't go well and you're down 5-1, to one, guess what? You will give him a couple innings to try to iron things out. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just what I think off the top of my head. I know there are a lot of other things that go on, those decisions. You know, he's never started before. Or he's never come out of the pen before and all that, but the way it's going, it's you've, you've got to do something. And uh, I just think that... The pen is the first option if there's nothing wrong physically because uh, mechanically there's a lot going on. Joe, put your put your player hat on for me and and, and mm-hmm. let's let's look big picture here. You know, obviously if you're a player on the on the Blue Jays team, you, you know what they need, right? It's it's no question, there's no secret to what would make your team better. Say Ross after this these eight games here, you go four and four. Uh, we'll give you five hundred. You go four and four. Ross doesn't do a lot. It, 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 would that be a big deal to lose the room? You know, that that's the big thing now. You gotta have that great clubhouse. You gotta everybody's buddy buddy, everybody's friends. Would you think that'd be a thing now because of expectations at the beginning of the season and do you think if you're Ross he has to do a little something you know he's got to he's got to make a a move to say this is you know we we know who we can't beat right now which is the Astros and the Yankees but everybody else we're sort of like everybody else and if we make a move here we can compete with those guys 
Yeah, well, two things, Kev. I mean, I'm not sure you're talking about a very veteran-laden room there that it's going to impact the room, you know, aside from maybe like a Springer and a you know, veteran pitcher like a Phelps or not too many. This isn't like Batista, Donaldson, Edwin. Like, it's so different where if you didn't do anything, it would impact them. Would they be upset? Sure, they would because they want to win. But I don't, I don't think we're talking about the room like we used to, right, with this club. And I, I would say if, if I'm the general manager of this team, I'm sure Ross is certainly going to be looking to improve. But I think if, if things are spiraling, maybe not really the way you want them to as they are right now, you, you can make moves, but make sure the moves that you make are for players that have control. So you're giving it the run this year for the wild card and all, but you also have these players until next year because uh, hey, I think the two names we always mention are Bo and Vladdy, and especially with the rotation with, with Rios and Gosman and Manoa moving forward, these guys are here for a bit. So this is a, a few year run here, right? And uh, time Time passes us by, doesn't it? And I'm pretty oh, yeah. soon we'll be talking about Bo and Vladdy being free agents. So I, I think yeah, I think you make moves for guys that are, you know, kind of like what they did last year with Simber and Richards. And, you know, mm-hmm. they are what they are right now. But at the time, good moves, right? Because you've got those guys for the next few years. Yeah, make your team better in in the short term. Uh, you know, it's, and sometimes you don't need to make those major moves to do it. I, I, you know, my, my thought process here, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that, we're seeing the Jays go into this the, these eight games so far without some sort of move being made in the bullpen. And I'm not talking about bringing somebody up. I'm talking about going from outside the organization. I mean, I can make my, if I'm Ross, I can make my major move two weeks or three weeks down the road. Let's see we are, where we are in the standings then. But my God, you know, I, I, they've got to be, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm watching every every team send out dudes that throw 96 and 97. <laughs> they've got to, they've got to be more of them around. There, there have to be more of them around. <laughs> Really uh, it's do. interesting. It's interesting you refer to the bullpen because uh, I mean this, this, uh, this. There, are, there are leaks in the boat all over the place right now, right? You know that the lineup at times looks like you can pitch to them pretty easily. The rotation certainly having its struggles, but bottom line, I think I've resigned myself to the fact that uh, I'll take my chances with the lineup. I'll take my chances that these guys in the rotations rebound will be fine. What happens in October, guys, every yep. time? And we do these post-game shows, and it's the you know the starter goes five or six, and they hand it over to the bullpen, and you need three big boys or four big boys down, and that's what you need. And the Blue Jays don't have that at all right now. And they need some reinforcements. Like, I'm not just talking reliever. I'm talking like a closer from somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, I'm with high, you. Yes. High end. Like, you need, a, you need high end. I don't even care if that means Romano pitches the eighth. You need high end. And if he was pitching the eighth, that's a great thing for this team, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, they, I think the bullpen is the the most critical issue he, here. And I mean, you got to get to October, but once you do, you're not lasting long if you don't have big arms down there. Yeah. Joe, really good of you to do this today. Thanks so much. We'll see you down at the ballpark. Thanks, Joe. All right, guys. Always fun. Take, Take care. care. It's Joe Siddle, Blue Jay Central. I believe Joe is uh, doing some analysis work uh, this week. I think abby has mm. got some time off or something. I don't know. Uh, we appreciate Joe joining us. By the way, uh, shout out to those of you uh, on the text line uh, with uh, our trivia question. Lots of right answers, lots of wrong answers, but a couple of wrong answers that are legitimately interesting. Mm -hmm. Like the very, very good, not wild guesses. There's a couple of names I'd frankly forgotten about. Um, and a couple of people mentioned it, and I thought, yeah, I can see why you'd think that. But uh, anyhow, uh, Barker's back leg bits, by the way, we will be doing that in the uh, final stretch of the show. DMs are open. Any questions for Kevin about uh, 
about the Jays or about baseball in general. There were some injuries this weekend. We haven't talked about Bryce Harper getting hit in the in the hand by his friend, Blake Snell. They were going out for dinner after the game. Mm. Uh, got hit in the hand by Blake Snell. That's not good. And uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. with uh, another. Ronald Acuna uh, Jr. Without a ball off his foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the injuries continue to mount. And as far as the Blue Jays are concerned, George Springer was back in the lineup yesterday after a couple of days off with right elbow soreness. And apparently, as this is often the case, we find out that it's been lingering for a while. This suggests to me that it's something that's probably going to be around for the rest of the year and mm-hmm. that we'll probably have to monitor it. So uh, anyhow, there you go. Um, and we mentioned Yumi, Yumi Garcia going on, mm-hmm. going on the I.L., that it was an interesting discussion with Siddle about the uh, about the catching too. And it as is. I said, I didn't want I don't want to belabor the point because you're right with Jose Barrios, but I really do think I I really do think that that they need Danny Jansen back here. They it's not going to hurt. We can all agree on that. It's not yeah. it's not going to hurt. It, it's it's the it's all it's all roses whenever he's going well and everything's feeling good. It's coming off his fingers the way it's coming off his fingers. But what if it ain't? Yeah. What, what, what if the guy's not throwing the split finger where he wants to throw it or the, the, the curveball's not going where he wants it to go, which is a giant pitch for him? And in it, that's when the catcher is, you know, you, you maybe make a bigger target. You maybe set up a little differently. You maybe stand a little taller. Like, it's just little things mm-hmm. to get that guy back on track that maybe a younger guy. It's not the younger guy's fault. That's oh, God, not, no, no. It's not his fault. We're not, no, you're not blaming him. Nobody's blaming him. It's just them. lack of experience, right? So, yeah, it's it's <laughs> – it's amazing how we're talking about this team that's eight games above 500. It, it really is. Like, it's, it is amazing. Like, I know it's the American League East, but, man, they, they do have some issues that, that may be really tough to correct short term. Yeah. It's, it's you know, the, the, they may really, really have to redo their entire bullpen. Like, the, the offseason, like, you're, you're thinking about not, not one or two. It's three or four that you may have to drop some money on. What if Kikuchi becomes a closer? Uh, yeah, what if I what <laughs> if I scratch a million dollars on one of those scratch offs? I it's I'm just kidding. let me say this. Power power fastball splitter, that's all I need. I, the, the splitter I remember when he, <laughs> when they when they signed him. Remember when they signed him? One of the points that was made is yeah. Oh, we got Gossman. We've got Kikuchi. You know, the, where the, you the, the split finger fastball that's, that's is awesome. coming back. No, but the, but the point is, that is a good pitch for him. It, it is, but it but starts it, with it starts with the velocity of the fastball right. location if of the, the fast, fastball exactly. And if he doesn't have that, that's why I don't. I'm in the camp. I don't know what's best for him. I don't know. You're you're just basically you want to throw him in a pin and not pitch him again. How is that good for him? Like, a, how does he get back stuff? Well, the question isn't that he needs because I don't know how nicely to say what I think he ha- he doesn't have, and you know what I'm trying that I want to say, and I don't know how to say it nicely because it's radio and, and the question, kids are listening. The question may be though at at this point, at this point, I'm not. It's not about him. It's about the team. It's not about you yeah, saying Kikuchi. Is, you know is that changing their season by putting him in a bullpen? Absolutely not. Well, it's, how's it changing their season? It's it's giving them a chance. To, it's giving them a chance to maybe win with that game. It's is it going to change the season yeah, entirely? They no, three runs gonna... in the first inning with Barrio starting. He gave up eight runs in the second inning. Ah, I, we're, we're potato potato here. Like it's come on. I, again, 
Yeah, it's it. We, we will see. It's it's what three oh, days away. Listen, we'll find out. It, well, it, because they're going to have to start. If if they've made that decision, they've made it already. Yes. Because that routine has to start now. Well, it's like that little that little mental part that he's going to have to go through. That they've basically given up on me as a starter. Because that's how he's going to feel. He's going to feel that. You hope. You know what? So, maybe maybe you want yeah, him to feel not, that. It's not. The, the, Maybe it's he not. needs. Maybe he it, needs to feel that. Because he signed Kevin. his name to a thirty-six million dollar deal. He, it's not. He's not going to feel that way. But maybe he's he. Ne- maybe he needs to feel it's, that way. He's not going to. Some. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I would feel that way because I never signed that, and I would feel I'd be like I'm backed in the corner. I'm never going to be in the big leagues again. He's different. The different guys are going to feel different ways. This is what mm-hmm. I said. I just don't know what the right answer is. It's. Because there is big mechanical changes that need to be made, and that's an off-season thing. Well, I'm gonna, and I'll throw this out there. This is hindsight, but you know, we got we we talked about what a great job Pete Walker did with Robbie Ray, and and this guy comes over, and we we're expecting Pete Walker to do this job with him. Maybe the Jays should have left him in the bullpen at the start of the year until they I'm figured out what the hell they had. I'm with you. He, he's a big project with a on a team. That's trying to win a World Series. Well, at least they started the season that way. You know, if you ask the guys there. Big difference between this year and two years ago when they had Robbie Ray. Big difference. There there is. Well, he's a two-pitch guy. It was more about setting up big, aiming big. That's not giant moves, moving them on the rubber. Like, it's you're solidifying that. You're not making giant mechanical moves. This guy, you're you're basically rebuilding him from the ground up, which is a big task in season because it's going to look the way it looks now. One time he looks like unhittable. The next time he looks like me and you could hit him. Lou Merlone, he's a former Red Sox infielder. Uh, he is a host on WEEI in Boston. We are going to take a look at the Red Sox there in town for the first of three games tonight against the Blue Jays at the Rogers Center. This is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Sportsnet 360 and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. DMs are open for Barker's back leg bits. Any questions you have for Kevin Barker, my Twitter handle is SNJeffBlair. Or you can reach out via our text line, 590-590. What would you do with you, Kikuchi? I told you. No, not you. Oh, that's We know the what you would do. The, the, All right, callers, well, texters, texters, not What you're not doing callers. is the easiest answer. <sighs> Throw in some random person and forget about it. No, you're making that's it the sound. Easy, that's the easy answer. You basically spent 20 minutes saying it was a difficult decision for Ross Atkins to make because of the money he gave. Absolutely. Uh, now you're saying it's, it's an easy true. answer. No, no, make I up said your that. mind. No, no, make I said, up your I mind. I said that's what you said. Just so throw you can him text in the pan us. and forget about it. You can text us at 590-590. What, what would you, you do? do with you say Kikuchi? And keep it I, and, this, you know, this is the first time and it's very rare I'm on the fence. I don't know what the right answer is. It's very hard to come up with an answer because we're not in the room. We don't have the conversation with him every single day. It's very hard. We don't know what he goes through, the process. What, if the, the coaching staff so wants, what if the coaching staff wants to do one thing and Ross wants to do the other? Well, do you have a boss? Who wins that do you argument? Have a boss? Yes. Well, if your boss told you to do something you didn't want to do, it, what would you do? I would do it. Then there you go. You answered your own question. Why do you ask that? Just wondering. Well, why would you ask that? Just wondering. I... Anyhow, everybody will be down at the ballpark today. Maybe we can get a, maybe we can get an answer. I imagine that would be one of the first questions. Do you think so? 
Mr. Blair? I think that might be one of the first questions. <laughs> uh, the Red Sox are in town for the first of three tonight at the Rogers Center. Uh, it'll be Kevin Gossman against Connor Seabold. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow will be Ross Stripling against Michael Waka, And then Wednesday, Nick Pavetta against Alec Manoa. And um, the Red Sox will not have Tanner Houck, uh, who is unvaxxed. And as a result of that, the uh, border restrictions come into play. Uh, they will not have Jaron Duran, who is also unvaxxed. If I was a young guy, I might, I might want to be a good teammate. You think so? No, forget about being a good teammate. Don't you want to get paid? Yeah. How do you get paid? You play. Anyhow, uh, so the uh, the Red Sox have made a couple of moves. And we mentioned Connor Seabold will come up from AAA. And uh, they've also added a uh, an infielder whose name uh, I can't come up with at this particular point in time. The Red Sox, despite their recent run of success, have been dealing with pitching injuries. Of course, we know that Chris Sale is still rehabbing. I think mm-hmm. I saw he had six strikeouts in AAA, so his rehab is continuing. Uh, fear of the Red Sox, getting Chris Sale, get him back after the All-Star game, that's like a freaking How would you use trade it? I, I guess you just throw him right in the fire. I would. There it is. Uh, depends. Right now, they are without Nathan Uvalde and Garrett Whitlock. Both of them are dealing with inflammatory injuries. So that is good news for the Blue Jays in that you would probably see one of those, at least one of those two pitchers. No closer and two starters are gone. I... And Tanner Houck, who, who had had six saves this month, might have been in line for the spot start. Uh, as, as we mentioned, for the second, he, he didn't make the first road trip up here either. He will not. Uh, he will not be with the team. So the Red Sox do have, as we mentioned, some pitching issues, but man, oh man, they are they are they are just smoking hot offensively. They're, they're a nightmare. They're smoking hot offensively. You better you better pitch good. You better be unpredictable. You better you better be you better be good. Oh oh, and you better be good with two strikes. Because if you're not, you know the conversation me and you're gonna have to have. Uh, we do not have Lou Marlona yet. You know what we should do? Let's just do Barker's back leg bits while we wait for it. We'll do that. We got enough questions, so it's, it's t- time for go. Barker's back leg bits. Mr. Gann, thank you very much for joining us. Be honest, you don't remember Kevin Barker Absolutely as a player, not. do you? It's like fifty years ago we played. Good morning, guys. No, I drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, the one and only Ozzy never gets Gann. old. Uh, we have uh, a lot of questions for Barker's back leg bits. Uh, the comments we'll or questions? Uh, questions. Questions. The, this one, I, and I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad the uh, the texter uh, sent this question in. It'll be even happier if I can actually call it up on my screen. There we go. Um, Justin in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Seattle and L.A. had a crazy Donnybrook yesterday. We all saw that fight. Mm-hmm. J.P. Crawford, man, did you see him go over the top. It's like top rope Chucking ball guys. over the best player in baseball. That's what happens. Anyhow, Kevin, uh, Justin wants to know what was the biggest bench-clearing incident you were ever involved in. Now, there's two things here because mm-hmm. there's – you were a – not a participant, but you were a witness to one of the, the funniest moments in Blue Jays history, which I'll let you talk about. But what was the biggest brawl you were involved in? Well, at the, at, the, at the big league level, the minor leagues, now let, let me say this as nicely as I can say it. At the minor league level, if somebody got hit 
and there was a bench clearing brawl. I got to be honest with you. I didn't care too much about the players that I played with enough to run out there and try and get hurt because I was trying to go to the big leagues. So there was not a ton of that I can remember brawls at the minor league level because what's the point? Anybody ever throw at you in the minors? No, nah, not really. Like I was, I wasn't going to show anybody up. Right. I wasn't a, you know, I had my homer. I put my head down and run around the bases. Like it wasn't a big deal. I wasn't a flashy guy. But I tell you, winter ball. <laughs> now, I've seen some winter ball fights. And and when I was in Mexico and in summer league ball, when I played there, they take their spikes off. And use them as to, weapons. Yes. They, they, and I'll be honest with you. I can remember. Now, I, I played over there so many times. I can't tell you the game. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you the team that I was on. But I can remember times that I was the only person sitting on the bench with bench clearing brawls in the winter ball. I was the only person. What are you going to do? Well, 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 why would I go out there and take my spikes off and run around in circles trying not to get hit with something? So there was a bunch of those. It was basically me trying, trying not to get killed. So I would sit over there and laugh at people getting hit in the head the with players. Like, the players, <laughs> your teammates didn't mind? No, because they would laugh at me and say, oh, I look over there at the gringo. Like they'd laugh. Yeah. They'd laugh. But I don't care. Laugh at me all you want. I'm I'll not go going and, out there. And I would say, I ain't going out there. You guys are crazy. I'll go and hit a home nice, run the next time uh, I'm yeah. at the plate. How about you're that? you're limping to the plate, I'll be running to the plate because I'm healthy. Yeah. So that there was. So to answer that question, I, I've never really been in a a real true brawl about you know fisticuffs and I can't stand you and choke slams and yeah, none none of that. So it was. I hope that was a good enough answer, but not not really, not really any good ones to tell you. Uh, but you did. You were you were there for the uh, Gibby, <laughs> the Gibby altercation with uh, with uh, Ted Lilly, Ted Lilly, right? Yeah, yeah. With the with the go get him, Gibby. Headlock, <laughs> Roy Halladay, go the, get him, Gibby. With the headlock, lift him off the ground. Yeah, that's why they got the big giant uh, boxing gloves at the yeah. end of the season. You know, yeah. you have your little team party. You get the big giant boxing gloves. It was funny. That's that's. Uh, yeah, but that was that was that was more of grown men hold me back. You do this, and I'll do that to you. So it wasn't a big deal. Let's bring on uh, Lou Merloni. He is a, a former Red Sox infielder. Oh, we're still uh, we're attempting to get Lou on. Mm. Uh, he's a host as well at WEEI in Boston. So we'll get him on. Then we'll go back to. So uh, not great, not great on that answer that I just gave there because I was not a big fan, especially in the minor leagues. Trying to go to yeah, the big there leagues, are people, the minor leagues. There I'm are not, people saying you're selfish not, now. No, not really. I'm not running out there to take up for some guy in the minor leagues that. I ain't going to see next year. I'm trying to go to the big leagues. Sorry. And I would tell him that right to his face. Good luck, buddy. Go get him. <laughs> Good luck. Or break your leg. Not go to the show. Go for it. I'm going to hit a homer, laugh at the guy, and hit another one and try and go to the big leagues. That's amazing. All right. We are joined. Is that a selfish teammate? That's not a oh, selfish teammate. I think it's a bit of a selfish well, teammate. Really? I I, yeah, I would think so. All Anyhow. right. Let's bring in Lou Merloni, former Red Sox infielder and host W E E I in Boston. So, so Lou Barker just basically told us we had a we had a texter ask us about <laughs> brawls, thinking of that Seattle L A brawl, and Barker basically said yeah. that he had brawls You're on your own. <laughs> Barker said he played in Mexico and there were brawls, and he said I didn't I didn't even bother Not running out of the dugout. He's I'm going to sit chance. there because guys were taking spikes, crazy. their spikes off and hammering each other over the heads. <laughs> So, Lou, can, Lou, as a former player, does that make Barker a good teammate, a bad teammate, teammate. or a smart teammate? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I would say this. Now, we're talking about winter ball. We are. And that's a smart teammate, okay? Because <laughs> I've seen some winter ball brawls, and it's the same thing. Bro, it, you're on your own. Good Crazy. luck with this one. <laughs> right? Like, winter ball Winter ball is a completely different animal. I mean, you might have people coming in from the stands, and it's actually okay. You know what I mean? Like, they don't even mind. So that's a different level. That's yeah, right. See, yeah. He agrees with me. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> and then, and now all those uh, texters that are saying Barker's a selfish teammate. Now they've, they've you got give an me, answer. You give me a big hey, Lou, you give me a big deal at the big league level, lots of money. I'll be glad to run out there and take up for you all you want. All you want. Yeah, see, I'm sort of with you, too. I, I get, you know, I'm one of these guys that's like, you know, hey, the next guy that gets option down, guess who that is? That's me. So what am I going to do? Get hurt? That's Actually, it might get me some more time in the big leagues. I never should have thought about that. <laughs> hey, Lou, tell us about uh, how are the Red Sox doing what they're doing? Because I'm looking at their pitching, and, uh, yeah. you know, we have Chris Sale is, is, is still rehabbing. They haven't had Uvalde. Garrett Whitlock now is, is yeah. down as well. How are they doing this? Well, I, I tell you, even in April, uh, their starting pitching was surprisingly good. And, and um, you know, their lineup just wasn't swinging the bats, you know, and their bullpen was a mess. So, you you were in a bunch of games. They only scored two and a half runs a game in April, and you didn't have the bullpen to back it up, right, and they were losing games late. So now it's a little bit flipped. Like the offense is, is definitely picked up here in the last month and a half. Um, you know, the three guys in the order have been hitting from day one. It's just that everybody else other than Devers, Bogarts, and Martinez was hitting like a buck seven in April. Now, the averages are up, but still, it's not like no one's blowing anybody away. It's just that it's Story for a week. It's Vasquez for a couple. It's Verdugo for a couple. It's JB. Everybody's like, there's always two or three other guys other than your big three on a given night or a given week that are chipping in. And that's really a good balanced offense. And probably more importantly, that bullpen is, is the structure starting to get figured out a little bit with how can the back end. And Schreiber came up. He has been a pleasant surprise from AAA. Kind of came out of nowhere. So, the pens improved, and the offense finally got going. Lou, you mentioned Devers. Devers hitting, I just looked his numbers up. He's hitting 334 with 17 and 45. He's 25 years old. Tell me the difference in him. Yeah. How's he grown as a hitter? You don't hit 335 by accident. How's he grown? You know what it is? It's like it's like the curse of, like, he's a great bad ball hitter. Yeah. And, and it, all of a sudden, people start, he starts believing it. So he's like, well, you know what? First pitch, if you throw it at my shoes, I'm swinging. <laughs> Over my head, I'm swinging. And what he has done is he's controlled – the strike zone, even though he's a good bad ball hitter, you still can't live like that, right? You can still do it once in a while. So he's controlled early in the counts. You know, he's, he's laying off of like the curveball down and in. He's laying off of the changeup just off the dish or the fastball just up. So he's starting to get in some better hitting counts. Even though he's aggressive still and he can still hit a bad ball, he's not living by that, you know? So he's being a little more selective and he's just barreling everything. Like lately, when you get him out, it's because he hit a rocket at somebody. That's just, he's just been on tear. Lou, tell me about the balance of the lineup. You know, we talk about the Blue Jays all the time. They're very right-handed. How's the balance of the lineup for the Red Sox help them when they're facing good pitching? Well, I think, you know, and this is where it kind of comes into play. A couple of guys I already mentioned, like Tanner Howe, the closer of your team, he can't pitch. Jared Duran has been a huge part of this offense lately. He can't play up in Toronto either. Um, he's come up from AAA, giving you a leadoff spot. Kike Hernandez wasn't getting it done. So there's there's guys getting on base, and they're not really like right-handed, left-handed sort of dominance. You're sort of like getting somebody to get on base in front of the three big dogs. And then on every given night, the next group of Story, uh, Verdugo, uh, Vasquez, Franchi Cordero's had his days. So it's like all of a sudden when you get past that fourth spot, it's not a black hole anymore. You know what I mean? So there's, there's rallies starting on the bottom third of your lineup, which is what every lineup looks for. 
and it's starting to happen. Guys are taking walks. They're getting on base. It's just it really is night and day from a baseball team you saw in April, offensively especially. Yeah, and I'm looking at this, you know, the Red Sox stats. I think if you go back even to to May the 10th and and look That's at things, yeah. they they lead the majors in with runners in scoring position and average OBP. They lead the AL in slugging OPS um, in the third and second in Major League Baseball, respectively. It it really is almost as if, it's almost as if something happened on May 5th and and a light switch went on. Yeah, actually, was that May 10th, I think it was, they went down to Atlanta, and that was actually when Story kind of came out of it. Right. And he went on a tear for, like, three weeks. I think he hit nine bombs in, like, the next three or four weeks, and, and it just added one more piece. And then Verdugo started swinging it, and Vasky went from being a 210 hitter to, like, a 280 hitter in, like, a month. So this is kind of what you're talking about here. A lot of these averages don't look good. You know, they still don't look good. But – Franchi Cordero will get on base three times, maybe with a walk or two, score a couple of runs. It really is to sort of keep the line moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and defensively, they have been so much better than they were last year. They were a defensive liability. Devers has gotten so better at third. Story is fantastic at shortstop, and the outfield defense is still there too. So defense, offense, it's, they're playing good baseball, but still waiting for that test of – because the schedule has been sort of soft kind of going into Cleveland, even though that was a very impressive weekend. What, what role has Alex Cora played in this? Because sometimes I give, I, I, I'm a little hesitant about giving the manager all the credit because you're only as good as your talent, right? You, if you have three really good hitters in your lineup, you're, you're going to look like a great manager. But it just seems like Alex has a really good eye of when to sort of call his team out, right? It's, it's, it's like Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash uh, about a month ago called his team out mm-hmm. defensively, but really didn't. Right there's that fine line on how you do it, and and sort of you know your players sort of get it and they hear it and and they put a little emphasis on it. And you don't see it as much. Well, what role does he play in this? You know, he he has so much. He's such a good communicator. You know that I think the players really appreciate him, and he's such a calm demeanor that even when this team is playing and swinging the bat the way they are in April, there's no panic, and it's like. It just it was, we're too good for this. Like you're going to come out of it, and it's because you know, man. They had they literally had nine guys in the lineup hitting 200 or under, other than like the other three mm-hmm. guys that are raking. So it's one thing to have one or two guys that you got to kind of you know deal with in the month of April to get them going. But when you have eight guys in your like on your roster that are all hitting a buck sixty, like I just think that confidence that not we're not panicking. We know we're better than this. You know, you're not a you may not be a 300 hitter, but you're certainly not a buck 47 hitter. You know what I mean? Let's get you back to 247, which is kind of where you live. So I just think very calm, didn't panic, kind of stuck with it, and just kind of keep giving this team confidence really helps. Uh, what should we expect from Connor Siebel? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, we've seen him once. You know, it was one of Bloom's big trades. You know, he traded uh, Brandon Workman, who was kind of tail end of his career, and Heath Hembry, who was kind of broken for Nick Pavetta and Connor Siebold. Mm. Probably one of the first trades he made. And Pavetta's been fantastic. Siebold, I think, is just a – he's kind of like that, you know, coming up almost as like that fringe guy, you know, fringe big league starter. You know what I mean? Going to throw some strikes. Stuff's okay. Not going to blow you away with anything. They like him. He's a good AAA starter because he can throw strikes and he mixes some things in. But it's a little bit of an unknown here, I think, with Connor Siebold tonight. And it's, a, it's Major League Baseball. Can you go five and keep me in the game? That's kind of how things are these days, right? Yeah. <laughs> We've been asking that question an awful lot around here, too. Trust me. Lou, yeah. thank, thanks for your time, man. Thanks, Lou. <clears throat> yeah, you got it. Anytime. Enjoy it. Take thanks. care. Lou Merloni, former Red Sox infielder. W-E-E-I host. Seabolt's uh, uh, not a – he's not going to overpower you. He's an add-subtract guy. He's got a really good changeup.
Does that bode well for the Blue Jays? You know, the Blue Jays do well. They have to see a guy. They have to know a guy. They, because sometimes they guess too much. So, I, boy, I, you know, I hope it goes not the way I think it's going to go tonight. But they're going to have to take the close one to get the stinker. Can they do that? Jeff, that's the question. Can they, t- can they take that good changeup down in the way, that pitch is pitch, even though the umpire, you know, that, that he may call it, who cares? You take it to make him throw you a better hitter's pitch, and if they can do that, they'll score some runs. If they don't do that, you can look up in the fifth inning and see ball still in the game, and they're losing 5 nothing. Uh, we, I want to get back to Barker's back leg bits because Mento Goncalves uh, on uh, DM does and wants to know if we think the Jays need a guy like Josh Donaldson, a veteran with a bit of a red ass, as you say. He said, not that necessarily the position, just the type, just the type of guy. I know that people around the team will tell you that one of the comments that was made when Marcus Semyon left. And again, we, you know, clubhouse chemistry is such an, a nebulous thing. Mm-hmm. But one of the comments that was made when Marcus Semyon left was that, yeah, obviously we're going to miss what he brings defensively, but we, we kind of need another adult in the room. Okay, would Josh Donaldson make Barrios throw more curveballs for strikes? Hell no. Would he make Kikuchi uh, throw better pitches? Would he make Vladimir he might get in somebody's grill. He might get in somebody's uh, grill. They need quality. They need they need great players. They need when you hand the ball to somebody, he's going to get quality. He's going to get big time outs because he's got quality stuff. Is Josh Donaldson going to bring that? I, is is the New York Yankees in first place and the best record in baseball because of Josh Donaldson? Well, I think he hurt. was talking about a Josh Donaldson but type of player. I, Yo, listen, I, there's I a think, reason I think that they, that's a, I think for me anyway, I think that's a little overrated. I've been in a bunch of locker rooms. Guy, you get a guy yelling and screaming. Most of the time, that guy's having a really good year when other people are not. And it's gets a little hard to take. So there's a fine line there. So for me, no, I, I don't think the answer to that is is yes. I think that's, <laughs> I think you're again. Why is the Red Sox hot all of a sudden? Because the big three in their order is land based other pitchers. It doesn't. I I don't think it matters who you bring in here. It's going to be Bowen Vladdy's clubhouse. There it is. Uh, it, and, and George Springer plays the big George part. Springer. He's, he's yeah. walking people off planks, and maybe he's not always the best at that sometimes. And it's a lot to ask him to do. Very quick question from David Wedge. A question on Gabriel Moreno. Is there a realistic scenario in which his, quote, best case for the future surpasses Kirk's current performance? In other words, I think what David's asking is, last year we were saying, eh, Alejandro Kirk, you don't know. Look where he is now. Could mm-hmm. we be doing the same thing with Gabriel Moreno going, eh, he's kind of, I don't know if there's a lot there offensively. Like, should we look at Alejandro Kirk and go, maybe we need to be patient with Gabriel Moreno, or do you think they're two different guys in terms of hitting from what you've seen so far? I, I, I do. I do. I don't, I don't see the gap power from him. I don't think you can teach that. Uh, he has bat to ball skills. He's, he's, you know, he's got some bat speed cause he's 22 years old, 22 year olds better have bat speed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they don't, they're in trouble. Uh, again, it's, it's, I, I don't, for me anyway, I don't think the catcher situation has been solidified. I don't think the everyday guy, just me, this is just me. I don't think the everyday guy's here yet. Okay. Do you view Danny Jansen as kind of a... It's hard to because he's never healthy enough. Well, it's hard yeah. to. I'd love to say yes because I like him, and I think he's got everything it takes to put the fingers down and do it with some authority. Push the buttons with authority. Well, I, you know, there's a, you can push it with some authority. You can go, the other one doesn't work. The old Bull Durham thing. Oh, what a, yeah, you need to throw your hands up and be like, okay, here you go. I'm going to tell well, him what's coming. Think, 
speak well. It's yeah. like you're telling the hitter what's coming, that kind of thing, right? You need a little of that. That might not be a bad idea. Maybe occasionally. Although, with you say Kikuchi, the hitter would probably look back at you and go, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's throwing a fa- I know. Yeah. Don't tell me. Yeah. Don't don't confuse me. I got, I got an idea. I got an idea what I'm going to see here. 7 o'clock or 7.07 to be exact tonight. First pitch from the Rogers Center. First of three between the Jays and Boston. A big week ahead for the Blue Jays. A big week ahead for Blair and Barker. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk following tonight. We'll be back here tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Enjoy the baseball.